The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Wednesday morning. Happy Hump Day, everyone. And it is uh, October the 27th, 2021. We are getting ever so closer to that uh, glorious day of Halloween. Some of you uh, like to celebrate it. Uh, some of you don't, and that's good. I, you know, it's one of those things like uh, I, I enjoy the, 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 the Halloween holiday. Uh, I don't get to enjoy it as much as I used to. I work just way too much nowadays and unfortunately don't get to uh, to enjoy it as much as I used to. But still going to try to find uh, a place to have some fun and uh, with some people this weekend. And I hope you do too, whether it's with your family, friends, and or both. Uh, you are live right now from uh, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. We're also uh, streaming right now on ESPNTucson.com. You can just click the little listen live button and uh, tune in that way we're also podcasting every single day every single show you everywhere you can get your podcast whether it's tune in or stitcher or the uh audible amazon apple podcasts all that places uh, all the places where you get your podcast from that's where you'll find the jeff dean show plenty of topics to get into today there was uh, a couple of, there was some interviews yesterday on campus with uh, arizona football we'll have a, s- a small little uh, session of the show today dedicated to that as uh, Don Brown spoke with the media, as did, uh, and there was uh, some discussion with Jamari Joyner as well. So just a little bit of Arizona football talk. Not too much today. We'll gear up for that. Of course, a uh, big show on Friday as they get ready to take on USC at the Coliseum in Los Angeles. We'll also talk some Arizona men's basketball. Some just, you know, again, nothing nothing too in-depth here. The team has an exhibition scheduled coming up on November 1st on Monday night. Uh, I will be there for that. Looking forward to seeing the team get out and you know get out and play against a team in different colored jerseys. So, uh, looking forward to that. We'll t- we'll talk a little bit of Arizona men's basketball. Uh, of course, we're going to talk some NFL today. We do here every day on the Jeff Dean Show. That is my promise to you. As we will talk NFL every single day here on the show. And today, of course, is no different. We have lots of NFL to discuss today, including the Arizona Cardinals. With our Cardinals Insider, as we do every single Wednesday at 7.30, Tyler Drake, he'll be joining us here in just about 25 minutes to talk Arizona Cardinals as they prepare for their short week game, the Thursday night game, at home against the Green Bay Packers. So plenty to talk about there. Um, Other news to discuss, we have some college football news regarding head coaches. Uh, There was a a press conference yesterday in, um, in Pennsylvania where James Franklin, head coach of the Penn State Nittany Lions, who has been rumored, of course, for a couple of the jobs, with main, namely the USC and the LSU jobs. Those are the two biggest jobs that are available right now in college football. And yesterday he had some stumbles and some fumbles during his press conference that were kind of eyebrow-raising. And also, interestingly enough, uh, some other news surrounding James Franklin as he has switched agencies all of a sudden as well. So where there's smoke, there's fire. I think we can all agree with that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the James Franklin situation. Also, there could be an SEC job opening up uh, once again because of COVID. Uh, you know, the, the you know the, the fallout from uh, everything that's happening, sur- you know, surrounding the COVID nineteen pandemic. 
um, and specifically vaccinations, as one of the SEC institutions has mandated that all employees be vaccinated by a certain date. By December 8th is the particular date with this particular school, and their head coach has not said much about his vaccination status. Uh, In fact, um, he did say at SEC Media Days that it's a personal decision and we leave it up to every individual to make their own personal decision. That sounds like somebody who is avoiding the question of whether they are or whether they are not. So we'll have some of that coming up for you as well. The NHL in the news as Coyote fans took to Twitter and social media yesterday uh, raging about the the petty slap on the wrist that was handed to the Chicago Blackhawks after they basically just ignored and allowed sexual misconduct to occur within their within their uh, uh, franchise as they were handed down a $2 million fine. A couple of guys resigned from their jobs. Uh, the NHL said, okay, here's a $2 million slap on $2 million. Like, that's not that's nothing, <laughs> especially for the Blackhawks. Um, meanwhile, the Coyotes were il- essentially illegally scouting a player's medical history and lost draft picks, like first-round draft picks because of it. Um, doesn't quite see- seem the same. So we'll talk about that coming up uh, in the show as well. Some NBA news and notes. Sam Amick of The uh, Athletic sat down with Monty Williams last week leading up to their uh, season opener. Sat down with Monty Williams, talked about a few things, but specifically talked about uh, DeAndre Ayton and the current situation with him. We'll talk about that coming up as it was a, a pretty a pretty interesting article, pretty interesting sit-down with uh, Sam Amick and Monty Williams. But we begin with the World Series as Braves and Astros took off last night in the, uh, in the city of Houston. The Braves, of course, coming out the victors in that game 6-2 to two in Game 1. Um, the Astros are now 0-4 all-time in World Series Game 1s. I have an interesting stat for you coming up in, uh, in just a moment, too, regarding this whole thing. Now, the game started off with a bang. Designated hitter for the Braves, Jorge Soler, hit the third pitch of the game. His first swing of the game went over the left field wall, a screamer over the left field wall. And it was instantly Braves one nothing in that game, and the hit parade wouldn't continue. Every single Braves hitter who had an official at bat in last night's game got a hit. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's spreading the wealth right there. They finished they finished the night with twelve hits. Uh, everybody that had an official AB, one of their uh, one of their players, uh, it was a replacement uh, outfielder late in the game, um, had a, a plate appearance, but no official at bat. Uh, did not get uh, did not get the hit, but everybody who had an official at bat got a hit. So that's uh, that's that's crazy interesting right there. That's just spreading it around um, throughout the the entire lineup. One thing I noticed in well, as I was watching last night's game, I didn't watch the whole thing. I was kind of flipping back and forth between that and NBA. The Knicks are fascinating, by the way. We might uh, discuss some some Knicks basketball a little bit later on as well. Um, but I was just kind of flipping back and forth, watching some different things. And, you know, when they'd go to commercial, I maybe, you know, stayed a little bit too long on the other sports that I was watching before I came back. But i got to be honest with you. Like, one of the things that I noticed, and maybe I'm just being, I don't know, uh, maybe I'm just being sour grapes here because of, you know, the fact that, in my opinion, the two best teams had to play in the National League Division Series, and that one of the teams, the team with the best record in baseball, got jobbed out of a uh, a situation where they had an opportunity to win the game regardless. 
Uh, maybe I'm, maybe I am sour grapes. But one of the things I noticed between these two teams last night was just extremely poor fundamentals. I mean, really, really poor fundamentals. There were base running errors. Jock Peterson was standing on second base. A ball was hit in front of him, and he tried to advance to third. Like, like, dude, that's like ten-year-old little league stuff right there. That is baseball one hundred and one. Why are you trying to run to third base when the ball is hit in front of you? I mean, it was just it was a stupid base running error. And again, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't a huge deal. But instead of there being two outs with a runner at second, the Braves were two outs with a runner at first. It's just little stuff like that that will lose you a series. Base running errors from uh, Yuli Gurriel, who thought he had a home run and decided to dance his way to first base. All of a sudden, oops, gets thrown out at second because the ball didn't clear the park. Just dumb stuff. There was bad defense last night. Each team had an error, but there are other instances where an error wasn't recorded where a player just made a dumb a dumb decision on a play. Uh, 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 Jose Altuve made a lazy decision on a ground ball that resulted in a safe uh, safe call at first base. The next hitter hit a three-run homer. You can't do that stuff. Like That's the difference between a 6-2 blowout and a 3-2 game where everybody's pinching trying to, you know, trying to win that game till the 27th out is recorded. Just I mean little like stuff like that that doesn't get recorded in the box score that you watch and you're just like you want to punch something. Like why would you do why would you just flippantly just like, "No, I got this" and just flip the ball over to first base. Now he's safe. Next batter up, bang. It would have ended the inning. <laughs> just Stuff like that. There was bad plate discipline last night. Everybody was striking out. There's 23 strikeouts in the game last night. 54 outs recorded. 23 of them were strikeouts. So just poor fundamentals. I hate seeing that crap. I really do, especially for a championship. If I want to watch poor fundamentals, I'll watch the two worst teams in the league play. When I'm watching supposedly the two best teams in the league play, I want to see fundamentals buttoned up. That's, that stuff drives me crazy. Maybe I'm being, you know, angry old man, uh, get off my lawn guy, but come on. Good Lord. I want to talk about A.J. Minter for a second. A.J. Minter, the uh, relief pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. These are his postseason outings that he had, that he's had in this, in this particular postseason where he's faced uh, at least four batters. Game five of the NLCS, three innings pitched, one hit, no walks, no earned runs. Game four of the, um, of the 2021 NLDS, one and one-third, no hits, no walks, no earned runs. Game four of the NLCS this year, two innings pitched, one hurt, one hit, no walks, no earned runs. Game six of the NLCS, two innings pitched, no hits, no walks, no earned runs. And game one of the World Series, when he had to come in for Charlie Morton, two and two-thirds, three hits, no walks, one earned run. That's pretty solid. That's pretty solid work from A.J. Minter. Now, I mentioned that the Astros are 0-4 all-time in World Series Game 1s. That's, that's strange. I mean, the fact that you would lose every single Game 1 that you've played in a World Series. But here's something weird. Like, this is, a, this is one of those, like, stat of the day kind of things. If you listen to Dan Patrick, though, stat of the day, one of my favorites. How he got Ron, I almost said Ron Burgundy. How he got Will Ferrell to do that it was awesome. Regardless, here's a crazy stat for you. 
true home teams, okay, obviously with last year's uh, neutral site World Series, there was not a true home team. It was just, you know, awarded home teams. True home teams have now lost 10 consecutive World Series games. The last true home team to win a game was the Los Angeles Dodgers in Game 3 of the 2018 World Series. That was the game that went 18 innings. Mac Muncy uh, hit the walk-off home run off of Nathan Eovaldi. Dodgers beat the Red Sox in that Game 3-2. to two. Ten consecutive games have been lost by the true home team. That's crazy. If the Braves win tonight, it goes to 11. That's, a, that's just a crazy stat. Again, this is one of those things. Like, I, I, this is why I do these studies. Like I, I'm complete nerding out on stuff like this. I did a study last year because I was bored and sitting at home bored, uh, you know, bored in the house, in the house bored because of uh, you know, the COVID quarantine and all that stuff. And I put together, I went back and looked at every single league and their home teams, essentially winning percentages over the last 25 years in the big four, the big four leagues, NHL, MLB, NBA, NFL, and charted all this stuff and then figured out what the winning percentage for teams were. And just if you had to guess which league enjoys the best home field advantage, you would think it's baseball because there are two, there are two reasons for that. Number one, you get the last at bat, okay? And it's obviously that that's a huge thing there. Imagine if every time the Packers played at home in Lambeau, they were able to give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers for one more drive to tie or win the game. You'd, you'd think that's pretty good odds right there for the, for the Green Bay Packers to win every home game, wouldn't you? So in baseball, the home team gets last at bats. They get the last three outs of the game, the last chance to win the game. That's huge advantage for home teams. Second of all, the you know baseball parks are unique in well some of them are cookie cutter, but most of them are completely unique. Which means that based on the dimensions, the altitude and all these other things that occur in your ballpark, you can construct your team to take advantage of those certain things that are going on out there. I mean, you know, the Colorado Rockies and you know, I mean all these things apply there. But you would think that, that Major League Baseball would enjoy the best home field advantage. It's opposite. The base, baseball has the worst home field advantage. And there you go, in the World Series, 10 straight games lost by the home team. Unbelievable. Now, the most unbelievable thing that happened last night, Charlie Morton, what a warrior. Charlie Morton, starting pitcher for the Atlanta Braves, took a 102-mile-per-hour Yuli Gurriel line drive off his calf, fracturing his fibula. Now, you would normally think that he would drop on the ground, roll around, screaming and crying. Just kidding. But you would think that that would be it for him. No, 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 no. He continued to pitch. In fact, he threw 16 pitches after he fractured his fibula. 16 pitches, including two strikeouts. One of Jose Altuve had a horrible game last night. Then, he, I mean, he continued to pitch essentially until his leg just gave out. The fracture, I know what the fracture is. It happens just so that the, the fibula is the small, the smaller bone in your lower leg. It's, it's called the calf bone, okay? Affectionately known as the calf bone, okay? The fractures often occur just above the ankle there. There's a real thin spot, a, a, an easily broken spot, and that's where the ball hit him basically is right there. Now, my guess is that bone stayed attached until he pushed off one too many times, and then it snapped. Literally, his leg gave out. Then in the training room, 
as he's being told that he's going to be out for the remainder of this series with a fractured leg, apologized to training staff and his teammates. Said, I'm sorry, guys. Wow. Wow. Game two tonight in uh, Houston. Atlanta sends Max Freed to the uh, to the bump, and Houston will <clears throat> pardon me. Houston will counter with Jose Urquidy, who has a ERA of 27 in this postseason. So, <laughs> good luck to the Houston Astros trying to get off that home field Schneid in the World Series. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, some Arizona football news. That's next, right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. If you're looking for somewhere to watch the Thursday night game tomorrow night, the big game between the Cardinals and the Packers, head over to Native Grill and Wings in Marana on the southwest corner of Cortero and I-10 where Spears and Ali will be hanging out along with the ESPN Tucson crew and uh, welcoming you to come on in and enjoy the wonderful festivities there for the football game at Native Grill and Wings. Spears and Ali will be doing their show live from 3 to 6, and you can sit and enjoy all the, uh, the TVs and the brews that they got in there. And then, of course, the, uh, the game will kick off at about 5.30, and you'll be able to watch some Thursday night football. Of course, uh, download the Native Grill and Wings loyalty app to get some offers and promotions while you're there. But uh, join us at ESPN Tucson with Spears and Ali for Thursday night football broadcast from the Native Grill and Wings in Morena. Uh, real quick, before we get uh, Tyler Drake on to talk some Cardinal football, yesterday uh, on campus, Don Brown spoke with the media. He fell on the sword uh, for the 12th man on the field penalty. Basically said, look, it's on me. It's my responsibility. I'm the defensive coordinator. When things like that happen, it's uh, it's on me. So, you know, you feel bad for, for Don Brown. He's fallen on the sword. It probably wasn't ultimately his – I mean, ultimately it is, I guess, his, you know, his responsibility, like he said. But um, somebody who was responsible for putting in that package and uh, sending it out onto the field in that particular situation, someone who was – you know, Don Brown is up the field thinking about what's coming up next. Um, but uh, it just didn't get – it didn't get uh, communicated – and Levell Tatum ran onto the field and, of course, got the 12-man penalty. And, of course, that's, you know, that's going to be the penalty of, like, the the the, the, uh, the what-if, you know, for, for Arizona this season. I mean, if Arizona ends up going winless this season, we're going to look at a lot of what-ifs. The 12-man penalty will definitely be one of those, unfortunately. Jamari Joyner, um, in Michael Lev's uh, article on uh, the Arizona Daily Star, talked with, uh, talked with Jamari Joyner. And Jamari discussed the difficulties of, having to relearn the quarterback position. I know that fans are very frustrated with the quarterback position right now. I get it. I'm frustrated as well. And a lot of people are like, Jamari Joyner's got to be better than what we want out there. Okay, he hasn't played quarterback since 2018. He's been in the receiver's room. So he knows the offense from that aspect, but doesn't know it from anything else. Now they're putting in small packages for him that he can learn and play with, okay? But learning the entire offense as a whole is a completely different animal itself. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that Jamari finally came out and basically said it like, look, there's no way that could happen. <laughs> like, he just said, look, you know, my knowledge is increasing rapidly. If in an emergency they need me to play quarterback, I could probably do it, is basically what he said. 
you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, but, you know, even Brennan Carroll was like, it's just, there's no way that we, there's no way we would be, we would be going, if we had put Jamari in there at quarterback and just said, go wing it, kid. <laughs> you just, you're just asking for trouble. I mean, you are begging for trouble if you do something stupid like that. So can we please stop with the play Jamari quarterback full-time uh, argument? Because it's not, it's, it's not a smart thing. It's not smart football. It's not going to happen. Uh, unless an emergency happens, and if if that's the case, then we're all screwed. So, stop it. Just drop it now. The player has actually come out and finally said, there's, it's not possible for me to do that. So, there we go. We can drop it at that now, thankfully. Hopefully, people are reading and listening. And finally, uh, they discussed uh, the, the crowded backfield that is at Arizona. You know, they, they talked about it with Jed Fish. And, you know, Jed is really excited, and he should be, about the two freshmen, Jalen John and Stevie Rocker Jr., that are on this roster. And they showed that they can tote the rock against a really stout run defense in Washington. I know that they don't rank uh, all that highly run defense, but that's because people are afraid to throw the football against them, and all they do is run against Washington, like uh, like Arizona did. Um, So... You know, it, it, it was it, it, we knew it was going to take the freshman. It always takes freshmen a while at every position. It, it doesn't matter what position it is. It takes freshmen time to adjust, whether it's to the speed of the game moving from high school to college, uh, whether it's to, you know, strengthening, learning the system, you know, all those other things. They had a lot of work to do with the running backs, the, the two freshman running backs, Stevie and Jalen. And now they've got a nice crowded backfield. It's a good problem to have, right? where you have Michael Wiley coming back healthy, Drake Anderson coming back healthy. Both of them are highly rated, both what we see on the field and also uh, the pro football focus grades have been good for both of those players this season. So now they have a four, you know, a, a true four-headed monster at tailback, and they can run all kinds of multiple sets with those guys. You know, obviously – Guys like uh, you know, guys like Michael Wiley, good in the passing game. Uh, Drake Anderson can get out there and catch the ball, and we've seen both Stevie Rocker and Jalen John be able to catch the ball out of the backfield as well. Those are huge weapons for Arizona now that the freshmen have gotten caught up, and obviously they have based on their performance on Friday night against Washington. So that's just a little bit of news there from Arizona football. And, again, if anything new happens or if we hear anything else, we'll obviously have that updated for you. We'll have a depth chart for you on Friday with, uh, you know, complete with team injuries and things like that and uh, get you all prepared for the big game against USC. Speaking of big games, tomorrow night in Glendale, the Cardinals take on the Packers. We'll talk with our Cardinals insider Tyler Drake of Arizona Sports next right here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show right here on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. And, of course, every weekday from 3 to 6, check out the NFL Cover 2 covering the latest NFL news. Afternoons with Spears and Ali. It's brought to you by Barrio Brewing Company. Barrio Brewing Company, Arizona's oldest brewery, celebrating 30 years of brewing for Arizona. Joining us right now, as he always does, every single Wednesday at 7.30 to talk Cardinals, is our Cardinals insider from Arizona Sports. He is Tyler Drake, and he joins us right now on the Jeff Dean Show. Tyler, good morning. How are you, sir? Hey, hey, doing all right. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, thank you. Uh, kind of a weird week for you this week, right? With the with the shortened uh, week of, of play time, of course, with the, uh, the practice time, I guess I should say, coming up with a uh, Thursday night game. Take us inside Cardinal camp this week. How are things different during the shortened week? 
Uh, well, you know, we're really only out there one day. We're we're out there Tuesday instead of being out there, you know, like three days. So Monday's a Zoom call. Uh, today's going to be a Zoom call. And then, yeah, yesterday was about our only time at the facility. Uh, you can kind of tell everything's getting accelerated. Everybody's kind of trying to get their mental and their and their uh, and just heal up as best they can. Because I mean, that's really the the name of the game for these short weeks. Just whoever can come out of the preparation the healthiest and the most ready to go. So yeah, you, you can really see that, and, it, and you can tell all these guys are are really locking in and, and understand that it's a short week against a really good team. You know, there's in my time covering the NFL and and you know talking to players and stuff, and not just covering the NFL during that time, but knowing players and things you know throughout the throughout the years and and even recently, you talk to players, and and I mean every single one of them I've ever talked to absolutely hated playing on Thursday night games. Have there been any grumblings at Cardinal Camp? Obviously, they're seven and zero. There's not really much to grumble about. Winning cures everything, right? But, but have there been any, you know, any players saying like, "Man, I wish we were playing on Thursday." No, I, I think everybody's kind of embracing it, and and it's just another week of, hey, let's see if we can overcome this adversity for the Cardinals. I think at this point, because it's like every week they've got something they've got to deal with. So this is just another thing they got to roll with. <laughs> What were your first impressions and, and you know, others' first impressions of, uh, of Zach Ertz now that you saw, you've seen him on the practice field? We actually, you know, obviously got to see him play on, on Sunday. What are the first impressions of, of the new tight end? You know, I think it's just uh, exactly what you saw from Philadelphia is exactly what he's bringing over here in Arizona. He's, he's uh, that, uh, another leader, another veteran, and, and, you know, he's just he's got a lot of game. He's just a really good pass catcher, and, and just makes that offense just so much more explosive. But, you know, it's, it sounds like he's really me- uh, meshing in well with the guys. You know, uh, I know his, his wife's from from <clears throat> up this way, and, and uh, you know, it's it's kind of a, not really a homecoming for him, but uh, he's got Jordan Hicks out here, and he's got a couple of guys that he used to play with in Philly. So, uh, yeah, you know, he, I think he's he's really getting integrated really quickly over in, the, uh, in, over in Cardinals camp. I didn't know his wife was from here. Yeah, yeah, that must have made a, a, you know an easy an easy decision for that for the Ertz family when he was being recruited by Jordan Hicks to come out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and he was in Arcadia with Hicks this entire off, the entire off season, and so uh-huh. that played a factor in it for sure. Is just being able to you know be in the area and go to the restaurants and do the little things like that, and and yeah, he said uh, Jordan Hicks actually said after he figured out that you know him and the organization were cool, he went out and did a full-court press for Ertz, and, yeah, the rest is history. Now he's over here. <laughs> That's awesome. It turned out well for the Cardinals. Obviously, he scored in his first game, and uh, he may have even coined a new nickname for the Cardinals quarterback, although I think Floyd Mayweather may have uh, a little trademark situation uh, if that tends to st- if that uh, uh, happens to stick at all, right? Oh, yeah, that'd be I, – I, I thought it was great. You know, it was, it was clearly a, a, little, a little flub on his part, but <laughs> – Kyler Money would be would be a really would be a really good nickname, especially for this season. I mean, that's that's what he's doing. He's just he's throwing money right now. Yeah, he definitely is. I mean, you look at you look at Kyler's uh, his his pro football focus grade, and I know PFF has him as the the seventh rated quarterback in the league. He's certainly playing like one of the top three quarterbacks in the league right now, maybe top four if you throw you know Dak, uh, Brady, and. Um, you know, maybe like you know Aaron Rodgers or something in there, but uh, obviously he's you know he's doing extremely well. How has he adapted to a leadership role? Has he taken a leadership role, Kyler Murray? He's kind of a quiet guy. 
You know, I know, I know in the offseason he was still kind of flirting with the idea of maybe going back to play some baseball and stuff like that. How has he embraced the leadership role that a quarterback require, is required of the quarterback at the NFL level? You know, I feel like it's just kind of a it, – it's just it's kind of what's been building, and now this year he kind of has taken it a little more by the reins. Uh, perfect example was uh, we got to talk to him yesterday, and, you know, Josh Jones came out and said he had a really bad game, apologized to fans, everything else from last week. And so, you know, I asked Tyler about that and asked, like, you know, what did he say to him? And, and you know, he didn't go into what he said in the locker room, but basically gave a really good answer about, you know, it's growing pains. you got to go through it to, to you know, get better and – and I don't think we would have heard stuff like that in previous years. I think we would have heard, yeah, yeah, he's just got to, he, you know, he's got to step up a little more, something like that. Now it's more of a, you know, I gave him my take and he's growing and this is what needs to happen because everybody's going to get beat, but you just got to get better kind of a thing. And, and, you know, it's really starting to show and you can tell his teammates are really, I think just taking what he says more. Cause like you said, yeah, he doesn't really talk a lot, but when he does talk, I think more people are listening than maybe in previous seasons. Talking with Tyler Drake of Arizona Sports here on the Jeff Dean Show. You can follow him on Twitter at TDrake4Sports as he is our Cardinals insider talking with him every single Wednesday here as the Cardinals get ready for their Thursday night game uh, against the, the Green Bay Packers. Let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball. How's the team responded to having Chandler Jones back this week? Uh, you know, I think everybody's excited. Everybody's happy. Um, you know, Chandler Jones is one of those guys that brings the energy, so – uh, I mean, it's never a bad thing to have one of your best pass rushers back. I know he's been kind of when when he was available before the you know before the COVID and the injury and all that kind of stuff. He was he was a little bit quiet following that Titans game. Did he kind of need a reset or something? Like what what was what's the what's the feeling there? Yeah, I think maybe just a reset. I think maybe getting a little too ahead of himself after that first game, just, I mean, five sacks is, in, is crazy. And yeah. I mean, the, the pressure you have to kind of emulate that the next week and the week after that can probably mount pretty high, especially if you don't do it the second week. So I think it's just kind of getting back into the get. Yeah. Like you said, just resetting, I think more than anything. Um, I don't know if it's anything injury or anything like that. So I think it's just kind of resetting and, and kind of getting back to the basics for him. You know, his boss on that side of the ball, Vance Joseph, is uh, truly, and you, to use one of my favorite uh, memes, uh, sound memes of all time, is truly having the time of his life coaching this defense. But there's speculation already that another team is going to come calling in the offseason to give him his second shot at a head coaching job. What are some of the thoughts, and I'm not talking about around the team, but as far as some of the media members and things like that, people who are, are really, really dug in deep with the league, uh, what are they saying about Vance Joseph? You know, obviously, he's probably going to be a really, a really big candidate for a head coaching job. I would assume. You know, he's he's checking off all the boxes. You know, he he came in and filled in for Cliff incredibly. I I want to say, and you know, he just he he's just so knowledgeable in everything he really does. I mean, we have to, we'll sit there and talk to him for fifteen minutes, and he'll even give us extra questions just because he wants to. He, like he knows that we've got more stuff we want to talk about. So you know that stands out a lot to me um and just you know he, he's just been there before you can tell he's been there before he's confident he's he's everything that you want in a head coach and and after that tight end issue and a couple seasons ago they finally have a like just a really stout defense and you hardly ever hear about tight ends anymore with this defense and i mm-hmm. think that's a huge credit too so uh yeah you know I, it's 
definitely not surprised if he's if he heads out next season because he's just he, a lot of teams are probably going to call for him. I know this sounds like a broken record, but it, I mean, I, it can't be understated just because I, not only am I kind of I don't want to say secretly, but I, I you know I'm shamelessly a fan of of this guy just because of personally I think that he's a a, a great leader in in any community that he's in. But we continue to talk about J.J. Watt and his influence on the team, and and he is no longer just a contributor to this defense. He's starting to dominate out there. He's fifth on the team in defensive snaps. He's the rated tenth uh, rated defensive lineman in the entire league, according to Pro Football Focus. And he is just he has established his dominance here, and it is starting to become like his defense out there. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, and the crazy thing is is that the stats still aren't really popping off like they should be with how well he's playing, but yeah, like you said, like PFF, you know, he's getting a lot of hurries, he's getting those QB hits, and those don't necessarily stand out compared to stats, but those are just as big and just as important because he's affecting plays left and right, and, and yeah, he's an animal. It's, it's, you hear about how good he was in Houston, you see how good he was in Houston, and then you see it in person, you see it on uh from the press box at State Farm Stadium, and it's just like, wow, he really is just a different breed of animal on the football field. But, yeah, he, I mean, the leadership alone, you can tell it's just, it's just giving this team another, another level. He's got an unstoppable motor. I mean, he just never stops. Yeah, and, he, and, he's, and he, yeah, 1 million percent every time. You know, it's it's interesting when when you when you talk about guys like that. You know, it, it's similar to kind of what DeAndre Ayton does defensively for the, for the Phoenix Suns. He doesn't. He's not going to lead the league in block shots. He's not that dominant shot blocker like that. But what he does is he plays really good defense that changes the angles of shooters when they approach the rim, making things much more difficult. So essentially, his defensive field goal percentage is much higher than other guys who are big time shot blockers because he's playing that great defense. And like you said, with JJ Watt. It's not so much the sacks and things like that because quarterbacks in this league are designed, they're taught to just get rid of the football. Don't take the sack, just get rid of it. And, you know, those things don't go on the stat sheet in favor of the of the defensive player unless, A, you're watching the games, and, B, digging really deep into the stat sheet looking at hurries and pressures and things like that. Yeah, exactly. That's, I think that's a great comparison. That's, that's like nail on the head right there, man. <laughs> yeah, um, it's – yeah, that's, that's all you can say. I, I think – you couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> how's the how's the the maturation of Zayvon Collins coming along? I know that that he continues to climb the charts on the PFF uh, linebackers list. I think right now he's the fifth rated linebacker in the uh, in the league. What what are they saying about him internally there, at Cardinal Kia? You know, it sounds like he's just got his head down, and and every day he's just trying to get better, and that's really all you want from a rookie, and really all you want from a guy who you plan to have be the guy for the foreseeable future um down the line so you know uh still still getting still getting his bearings it sounds like but it sounds like he's uh he's digging in a little more and 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 figuring it out a little more as the season progresses you know tyler i I don't know anyone who's been more critical of steve kime during his career than than myself i've been extremely critical of him not only in his decisions on the field but off the field and you know, over the last several drafts, his first-round picks have absolutely popped. He's just on a streak right now. He's on a roll right now with, with, with the NFL draft. And it's kind of like a situation where, uh, you know, new GMs, a lot of times it takes them time to figure out 
exactly what their pocket is. And, you know, like if, to use a, if, you, if you've ever, you know, been bowling and things like that, you just got to find your pocket. Not everybody's pocket is the same. You have to find your pocket for your situation. And it feels like Steve Kime has found his. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I would just add on to that, too. Just the free agency, I mean, he was a maestro this, this offseason with getting yeah. those free agents. It's, uh, I mean, J.J. Watt, A.J. Green, Rodney Hudson. I mean, those three right there, that's, that's already changed. A massive amount of the culture uh, in Cards Camp, and and yeah, the draft picks. <laughs> and and aside from Zavin, I mean Rondell Moore in the second round. He's the first. Yeah. He should have been a first rounder with how good he is and how much he impacts games. So he's yeah, he's you know for as much flack as he gets over the years of having rough drafts and and not getting the right guys. I mean he's really turned the page and, and has figured it out this year. It's one of those situations where you know one mistake was so glaring and and maybe two mistakes, you know, with the whole Wilkes hiring and the, the trading up for the drafting of Josh Rosen, that it takes so long and so many deeds of good to overcome something so bad. But it seems like Steve Kime has overcome that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I I don't see many people still relishing in the uh, Rosen days. So <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's it's usually your answer that times have passed when you start winning and no one talks about what you did wrong. <laughs> well, Tyler, before I let you go, any injuries of note for tomorrow night's game that we should know about? Anybody not participating in practice that could be, uh, you know, not uh, not suited up for uh, for tomorrow night's game? Uh, you know, we just got to – you got to watch on DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he was a little banged up. J.J. Uh, Watts, another one a little banged up. And, and Max Garcia is dealing with a little Achilles injury. So, uh, we'll have to see. Those are three three big contributors that if either of them can't go, that they're going to have to scramble and figure something else out. But I think, yeah, you know, I, I can't really even tell you if, if they're going to play or not because we just really haven't seen them practice enough to, to really give you any – definite answer so i think they'll all be questionable heading in tomorrow well td if 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 garcia can't play because he's he's rodney hudson's backup at center right who's 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 gonna play if 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 max garcia can't play yeah they're gonna have to they're gonna have to do some uh some scrambling a little bit um does like does danny isadora does he move over to center or something like that or i i want to say it might be Oh man, off the top of my head, I you know I should know this. I think it's uh, maybe even Sean Harlow. Okay, okay. It's, Gosh, it's, it's gonna. I think <laughs> That's it's going gonna deep, man. That's really deep. It is deep. Yeah, I've got. I had to look to, to double check that, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it's going to be. Boy, that is. He's a and he's a real. He's a young player. Um, yeah, Sean. Yeah, he, Sean he played Harlow, Oregon. Yeah. Played Oregon State. Good. Yeah, yeah, and he he was the backup yesterday or uh, yesterday last week against the Texans. So yeah, okay. he would slide in if, okay. if Garcia can't go. Wow, that would be a uh, a huge. Uh, that's that's very interesting. That's a that's definitely an injury of note there because you know the center is the only other guy who touches the ball on every single play. So um, that's something to look for maybe in this game coming up tomorrow. We appreciate the uh, the information, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Hey, uh, also, you know, you, you, you got a night off tonight, right? Uh, do, you have, do you have the night I'm off? Still, are you are you, are you taking the night working. off? Are you, you you're not you're not going to go watch your uh, you're not going to go watch your your uh, sudden resurgent Sacramento Kings in town taking on the the in the uh, Phoenix Suns? Oh man, sadly I'm not. <laughs> I uh, 
when I when I can save myself from the hour drive to uh, Phoenix, I I like to do that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear you, man. But hey, your boy, the rookie, looking pretty good so far. Looking pretty good. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Mister Off Night. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll have plenty of on nights, I'm sure. Davian Mitchell's a uh, fantastic athlete. We'll see some plenty more highlights from him out of uh, out of Sacramento. All right, man. We thank you. We appreciate your time as always, Tyler. And uh, enjoy the game tomorrow night against uh, against the Packers. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. Yeah. Have a good one. See you later. That's Tyler Drake of Arizona Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at tdrake 4 Sports. He is our Cardinals insider. He joins us every single Wednesday here at 7.30 to talk Cardinal football. Unfortunately, next week, it's going to be like nine days, what is it, six days since the previous game. So uh, he's going to take some better notes on on Thursday, tomorrow night, uh, to uh, update us on some things that happened when we do a reset of what we saw. Look, I didn't want to spend any time talking about the Houston Texans game. The game was terrible. The Cardinals blew the Texans out of the water in that game. It wasn't even worth mentioning, to be honest with you. But um, but this game will definitely be worth talking about, especially if it's going to come down to the wire. And I think it will. I don't think the, I don't think the Cardinals are going to. I don't. I mean, I know the the, the spread is six and a half, and I don't consider an eight or a nine point game a blowout. I think that's still a close game. Certainly, an eight point game is still a one possession game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be you know, a multiple touchdown victory for the Cardinals. But again, even without, even with the services of Devontae Adams, I think the Packers still lose that football game to the Cardinals because the defense is just playing so much better uh, than the Packers are right now. But we will see because this is the NFL, and you never know what's going to happen. This team's got to lose eventually, and I don't think this. I don't think anybody's got this Cardinal team finishing the season seventeen and zero. So uh, they're going to have to lose eventually. It may be Aaron Rodgers' magic time in Glendale once again, but we'll have to wait and see because it will be must-see TV tomorrow night for Thursday Night Football. Head on down to uh, Native Grill and Wings. You're going to watch it with the boys from the Spears and Ali show. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll continue with some more NFL talk next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. NFL Week 8 is upon us, and FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every play. That's why they're going to give everyone a $10 risk-free bet every single week. And tomorrow night, of course, is a beautiful opportunity to take advantage of this. All you have to do is bet a same-game parlay bet with three legs or more, and if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel is going to pay you back up to $10. It's just that simple course tomorrow night's game Packers and Cardinals uh, I like at least one offense to have a good game uh, thanks to COVID protocols with the Packers and such as we heard um, so I'm going to build my SGP with Kyler Murray over 260 passing yards James Conner anytime touchdown because he seems to get the ball inside the uh, inside the 10 a lot and I like the Cardinals money line of course now, FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one sportsbook for a lot of reasons uh, fast payouts you, I, I got the SGP that I hit on Monday night paid out in 20 minutes. It was awesome. It's easy to use. The app is really self-explanatory. And, of course, it features safe and secure transactions. And there's no feeling like nailing one of those same-game parlay bets. So lock in your bet today. Give yourself that chance of a thrill of cashing in one of those little virtual tickets. And if you don't, you get 10 bucks back if your bet doesn't win. So it's all good. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, great. Sign up today with the promo code DEAN. Use my last name. And you'll also receive... 25 to 1 enhanced odds on any touchdown during the Sunday night game versus uh, with Dallas and Minnesota. So 
you can make a $5 bet and win $125 on any touchdown. That's it. You've got to use the promo code DEAN, uh, my last name, so that they know that I sent you to give you the right promo for that, okay? 21 and over in present in Arizona. Refund is issued as nominal trouble site credit. Expires in seven days. Max refund is $10. Restrictions apply. See t- terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlays available for multiple sports in all states and mobile and web. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342. Coming up in hour number two, we'll continue to talk some NFL. Mike Tomlin addressed the media yesterday, and boy, was that a fun one. He was asked about the USC job, the rumors that uh, Carson Palmer dropped on uh, the Dan Patrick show. And Mike Tomlin had a little bit of a fiery response to that. Also, some head coaches in college football. The carousel continues. There could be some moving and shaking there. We'll do some NBA news and notes as the Suns are going to be in action this weekend. I have some tickets to give away tomorrow. Be ready for that, Suns and Cavaliers. Good to see Lowry Markinen in town for uh, Saturday's game against the Cavs. I'll have some tickets for you there tomorrow, so be listening for that. Roger Goodell says that he's not going to be uh, reporting the or not going to release the report from the Washington football team and a whole lot more still coming up here in hour number two. It's a quick turnaround. Remember, just two minutes. We'll be right back with the second hour, the eight o'clock edition of the Jeff Dean show right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Casino del Sol Studio, the soul of Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tanka Verde. KMXZ HD4 Tucson.